Penn State looks to avoid a three-game losing streak, and avoiding it is not going to be easy as they head to Columbus to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm teaming up with Jay Stevens from Locked On Buckeyes today. It is a special crossover edition of Locked On Nittany Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a special crossover edition right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. My name is Kevin McGuire from Locked On Nittany Lions. And Penn State's playing Ohio State, so I'm teaming up with my buddy, Jay Stevens, host of the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. We're talking all things Penn State, Ohio State this weekend. And Jay, I'm just going to get this right off the bat. First of all, thank you, everybody, for making us your first listen of the day, whether you're listening to Locked On Nittany Lions or Locked On Buckeyes. But I do want to say, Jay... I've been looking forward to this particular crossover because it feels like Penn State, Ohio State games have been really entertaining for the majority of the the last how many years. And it seems like the stakes have been pretty high. But I got to say, I'm personally feeling a little deflated going into this weekend. But I imagine uh, there's a little bit of a different vibe over there in Buckeye land. We're excited, man. We're really excited. Kevin, I'm happy to be back with you once again. Did this last season. Now we're back again this season. Yeah, you're, you feel deflated. Um, beginning of the season, I was looking forward to this matchup for numerous reasons. Injuries and just things that are going on with Penn State that kind of make this not the game that game day is going to be at this weekend. However, even though Buckeye fans are excited, Ryan Day is taking this like every other game. One game at a time. Every week is its own season. And I know that his focus is not overlooking Penn State, but more so looking at them like they're Penn State like, that they always are. And bring your A game because you never know what the Nittany Lions will do on Saturday evening. Well, I think it's very important to realize that heading into this game, these are two programs that are clearly heading in different directions right now, right? So obviously, I'm looking from afar a little bit from what Ohio State has been doing, but I'm just seeing everything they've been doing since the Oregon game seems to be working just fine. Uh, so I feel like Ohio State is become Ohio State once again. They, they, to me, look like the best team in the Big Ten. And I've said that from the beginning. I, even when they lost to Oregon way back in what week two, I never felt like the Ohio State program was about to fall apart. <laughs> I know this has been a weird year around college football. So, you know, there was an idea where maybe teams are a little bit more vulnerable this year, but I'm not seeing the vulnerability in Ohio State right now. No, man. It's, there, there, are, there are ways that you could attack Ohio State, maybe defensively. When Ohio State's on the offense, I mean, I don't know how anybody's going to slow this. And I'm not just trying to gloat. I mean, just being honest, the offensive yeah. line is playing very well. They have six guys that can start on the offensive line. You have running backs that are playing amazing, receivers that are always open. It's just amazing and how Ryan Day has, early on in the season, adapted, adjusted, made some crucial and tough decisions with his coaching staff that have been very beneficial to the football team and how successful they have been over the past few weeks, especially, I mean, the Tulsa game after Oregon, Ohio State won by 21 points, but it wasn't one that was Ohio State standard ever right. since that game. Things have looked completely different. Ohio State has been hitting on all cylinders. And, and typically, I would look at that schedule and say, yeah, Ohio State has been looking really good. But then I look at the opponents and I realize Ohio State hasn't necessarily been tested all that much. And I would like to say that Penn State was going to be giving them the biggest test that they have faced so far this season, maybe since Oregon. But, you know, honestly, 
you know, Penn State's coming off that nine overtime loss to Illinois, and I just can't even say that with a straight face. I'm still laughing about it. I feel like laughter is the best medicine, so I think I have to take a little bit of a dose of that. But it, it's remarkable just how drastically I think the season outlook has become for Penn State in particular. You know, Ohio State certainly still has so much right in front of them. Obviously, this is a tight Big Ten East division, while Penn State's fading behind. Michigan and Michigan State are still playing a pretty big game this weekend as well. Uh, but I feel like you know, this division has come into a three-team race. Ohio State feels like there's no reason why they should uh, be coming up in second place in this division, given where they have set the bar over the re recent years. Uh, you know, just played for a national championship last year. Let's not forget. And, and then on the other side, Penn State, you know, just a couple weeks ago, I was feeling much better about going this, into this particular game. And, and now, you know, there's still some questions about whether or not Sean Clifford is actually going to be 100%. Uh, they obviously lost P.J. Mustafer on the defensive line. That's a big blow to a, a defense that has really struggled against the run all, many times this season. That's been one of the things I've been talking about on Lockdown Nittany Lions. You know, there's so much focus on what the offense wasn't doing and particularly what the offense doesn't do running the football. Well, Take a look at some of the opponents that Penn State has played this year. Teams that can run the football have been able to run the football. Illinois certainly took advantage of that. And I have to imagine Ohio State is one of those teams that we can classify as a team that can run the football. Yeah, Kevin, I, I wasn't planning on doing this right now, but I did recently talk about – no, I recently put a tweet out um, right before we went, we uh, started recording this show, and it was just comparing Travion Henderson, true freshman running back for Ohio State, to Bijan Robinson – and Kenneth Walker III, just their stats, carries, yards, yards per carry, and then touchdowns. Off the top of my head, I know that 79 carries is the number of carries that Henderson has on the season. Uh, I believe Kenneth Walker III has like 150-plus, and then uh, B. John Robinson from Texas has like 146, 147. So there are significant jumps from Henderson's carry numbers to the other two gentlemen that are all three are in the Heisman race right now. The weird thing is... Henderson's yards per carrier, 8.8, significantly more, I almost think, I think almost two more, two yards more, a yard and a half more than the other two, and he has more touchdowns than the other two, and he has less than 100 carries on the season. He's averaging, I think, 10 to 12 touches a game, and that's just a starting running back. You've got Amayan Williams, who is getting loose. He's getting healthy. He's getting his feet under him. The rushing attack from Ohio State could be lethal this week. It's just something that Ryan Day has utilized the arm of Stroud more than I thought he was going to. So I don't know if, if he's going to throw more or run more. My guess is he's going to run more because Penn State's defense is good. I looked at some of the numbers. I'm really amazed at the things that they've been able to do on the defensive side of the ball. But the running attack of Ohio State, lethal when needed to be lethal. And this week they could be called on to play a big role in this game. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm looking at this game and – I'll just get this right off the bat. You know, I fully expect that Ohio State's going to win this game. Um, you know, I don't think there's much hesitation in that voice, but I do feel as though if Penn State's got a chance to keep this competitive, it's going to be with the defense, you know, first and foremost, because mm -hmm. the defense, while they have been vulnerable against the run, they're not giving up a lot of points, right? Yeah. So, you know, Iowa was the only team to score more than 20 points. They scored 24 points of a couple of weeks back. Uh, Auburn only got up to 20 points and no team has scored more than 20 points outside of Iowa. And that includes Illinois this past weekend with nine overtimes. I, I understand the scoring is a little bit different now in the overtime, <laughs> but still they don't give up a lot of points. Now I fully expect that Ohio state is going to be able to score more than 20 points. That's going to be a concern because I don't know if Penn state can score that many, but I do feel as though this is a defense that's probably not going to be likely to allow this game to just get 
too out of hand. Ohio State may jump on them early. They may have a comfortable lead, but I, I'm not looking at this game as a game that could be like one of those 63-14 games we've seen in the series on both sides. Uh, Ohio State may win comfortably, but I think that this defense is good enough to not get too, totally embarrassed. And then it's all just going to be about whether or not Penn State can do anything offensively, and that, to me, is the biggest question for this one. You know, you mentioned offensively, and I got a question for you about this team. We talked about Ohio State's rushing attack. Things have been a little bit different for Penn State this year. How have things been for them? How have you viewed it? Where are the issues? I know I like three questions in one, but I'm curious what your thoughts are about the Penn State rushing game this year. It's all right. They're all related. And I'm at the point of this season where I have come to grips with the reality that I was completely wrong about predicting what this Penn State running game was going to do. I expected a whole lot more. And Jay, as we are doing this episode, I have as many 100-yard rushing games as the entire Penn State roster this season. All right? And you do too. So congratulations. And, and that's a, I, I could not actually believe that when I actually dug into it. I just figured there must have been one game where one guy had 101 yards. No, n- nobody has really even come close to that. And that's a problem because I know that one of the things that has been really hard to figure out is exactly how the running game is going to be structured. So, you know, you've got Noah Kane. He started off the year healthy. That was great, but he's been banged up. And it took him a while to get John Lovett, the transfer from Baylor, to get involved. It took him a couple games just to get on the field for whatever reason. And he got banged up a little bit against Iowa. Devin Ford, you know, is one of these younger guys, still kind of working his way. Kevon Lee uh, has had some moments to shine. But again, everybody in the running back room has been banged up. And they just can't get room to run when they are healthy because the offensive line hasn't been doing as great of a job in run blocking. They do a much better job in pass protection, which is good, I guess, because if Sean Clifford is healthy, that that's a big difference maker for this offense. But, you know, running the football just has not been easy for Penn State. And I'm mystified as to how that could be this season. I'm wondering, did I just completely misread this? If I did, I know that I'm not alone because I've seen some of the other experts out there in co- the world of college football. They're a little surprised by this development as well. But, you know, at this point in the season, I'm not so sure what you can do to fix it. I'm not so sure what you can do to clean it up. I I think it is what it is at this point, and you're just going to have to figure out a way to win outside of that. If you're embarrassed about being the sweaty guy within your group of friends or at work, well, you got to check out Sweatblock. Sweatblock are antiperspirant wipes that help you control your sweating, and all you have to do is use one antiperspirant wipe, and it'll last for seven days. They're doctor-created, doctor-recommended, and they're one of the leading products on Amazon in the antiperspirant category. So you know that this is going to be coming with a lot of confidence. They give you the dry shirt guarantee. If you find sweat stains on your shirt, just let them know. They'll give you your money back. So here's how it works, okay? All you got to do is take one of those antiperspirant wipes at the end of the night when you're cleaning up your face, getting ready for bed, take that antiperspirant wipe and wipe wherever you have some concerns about your sweating. Then go to bed, wake up the next day, go about your business, and next thing you know, you're going to realize, hey, I'm not sweating. I'm not sweating through my shirt. This is great. And that is what makes Sweatblock one of the top products in the antiperspirant category. So if you or someone you know is looking to control their sweating issues, tell them about Sweatblock. Just head to sweatblock.com and you can use the promo code locked on and save yourself 20% on your next order. You can also catch Sweatblock at your local CVS or again, right on Amazon.
This episode of Locked on Nittany Lions is brought to you by McDonald's, serving communities since 1965. And there is no question that McDonald's is a part of your community because there is a McDonald's just about everywhere you go. It's one of those things that is just a sign of comfort and relaxation. And you can feel good about going to your McDonald's because it is a great place to get together with your friends and your family. It's a great place to reconnect. And honestly, there's probably a lot of people that feel like they can use that right now. So why not invite your friends and your family to your local McDonald's and enjoy some cheeseburgers. Enjoy that spicy chicken sandwich, menu item 4B at my local McDonald's. And of course, McFlurries and French fries. What better combination is there? So get your friends and your family together for a nice meal at McDonald's, have some fun catching up. And before you know it, you'll all be singing in unison. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. You know, Kevin, I was thinking about that recently as far as a player on Ohio State, their defense, uh, I almost said uh, Denzel Burke, different player, but seven banks. He was hurt at the beginning of the season, got injured in spring practice. I thought we would see play from him when he got back on the field that would resemble a guy that could be a future first-round pick. I saw all the mock drafts in the offseason. I know that there were some people saying, no, I don't think he's a first-round caliber pick, even with projections. I said, no, I believe that he will be a first-round caliber cornerback when he gets on the field this year. I missed it too, man. I was dead wrong. <laughs> he has come back. I know he's still recovering from an injury, but I still have not seen those flashes of good plays like I thought we would to be a guy that could be that could solidify himself in the first round of next year's NFL draft. It's one of the things I love about what we do. We get to analyze. We make predictions. Some are right, and then, Kevin, some of them are wrong. Some of them are way wrong. And you know what? I'm not too proud to admit when I'm wrong. And that's one of the things that's great about Twitter. I know some people hate when people, uh, old take or, you know, freezing cold takes expose you or whatever. Uh, I'm, a, I'm fine with it. And I've had a number of bad errors in my, uh, t- history on Twitter. And I'm sure I won't, uh, be stopping that anytime soon. But that's what's so great about it. I mean, you got to take it in stride. And that's, you know, that's the thing about, doing what we do you know we we are going to share our opinions and we're not always going to be right and that's okay as long as you can accept when you're wrong and try to figure out why you are wrong right uh, i think that's the biggest question and i think as far as that penn state running game is concerned i don't know if i can figure it out so i think i'm going to come up short on that one you know i was also thinking about another player on the all well position on the offense not just running back so there's multiple this one's more the quarterback position Sean Clifford played better at times than I thought he was going to this season. He has been, at times, more comfortable in big moments, in big games, than I thought he was going to this season. I know he played last week. I don't think he was 100% healthy last week. He says he'll be 100% healthy this week. I think that's to be determined. I think that's just midweek talk to try to get some psychological advantage over your opponent. What are you expecting yourself from Sean Clifford on Saturday night? Yeah, I saw the headline saying that he expected to be 100% for this weekend. I don't know if you can actually say that that's going to be a verifiable fact. But if he's better than he was against Illinois, that's a big step forward. So there's no question. I think this season, I always said from the start of the season, Penn State's success was going to be with Sean Clifford or bust because they didn't have a backup option. Will Levis transferred to Kentucky, who's Mm -hmm. having a pretty good season with Kentucky, by the way. And they just never were able to add depth with the experience at the quarterback position. So you had to ride with Sean Clifford for better or worse. And up until he left that game against Iowa, he was having a really good season. You know, he wasn't necessarily uh, putting up the the big passing yardage that are going to garner like the Heisman hype or anything like that. But he was having a really good season. He was making a lot better decisions. He wasn't forcing throws that really cost him last year when Penn State got off to a horrible start. 
uh, th there was a big change in his confidence. And, you know, I credit that a little bit to having a regular spring practice, I think helped with a new offensive coordinator, certainly helped as well. Uh, and then against Iowa, things were going okay. I know he had two interceptions against Iowa, but Penn State was up 17 to three by the time he left. And he was a big reason why. So uh, who knows what would have happened if he stayed in that game. But regardless, you know, uh, coming back against Illinois after a bye week, I don't think he was at all 100%. And I think after the game, James Franklin admitted that uh, they felt like playing Sean Clifford at whatever percent he was at was going to give them the best chance to win. Um, Hindsight being 2020, I don't know about that, but I think the biggest takeaway actually was the fact that uh, Franklin admitted that uh, Sean Clifford wasn't necessarily instructed not to run, but they were going to be a little bit limited in what he did. So if that's the biggest change this weekend, you know, going up against Ohio State's defense, it's it's a different animal. But I think if you allow or if you have the ability to have Sean Clifford play more to his game, I think you can do more things positively with the offense. Does that give you enough chance to, to be competitive and win a game? I don't know, but can you score 11 points in four quarters? Probably. <laughs> you can't get off of the Illinois loss, can no, you? No, it's not, it's not <laughs> happening. And it, what's, what's unfortunate is because I really think that this is a good Penn State team if they're healthy. And even that 9-3, and three, to some people, that's going to feel like a letdown considering how the season started. But – all things considered, if they can get to nine and three, I think it's a pretty good year at this point. But having a three-game losing streak stuck in the middle of your season, it's kind of tough to overcome. And you know, losing two of three to with Iowa and Ohio State in this stretch, I think would have been acceptable. But you lose to Illinois, man, all bets are off. <laughs> all I can do is laugh. All I can you, do you is have laugh to. Again. That's what I said earlier. You have to laugh about it. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Rock Auto is the family business that has been serving customers all the auto parts supplies needs for 20 years. It's impossible that a family business can stay in business that long in an online atmosphere, right? Well, no, think again. Rock Auto does it because they treat you like family. They give you the best prices available. They don't care if you're a car expert or a complete car novice like me. They're gonna give you the best prices available and they're gonna take all the stress out of the process of finding exactly what you need for your car. Here's how it works. You just go to their website, rockauto.com. You know, to make a model of your car or your truck or your RV, your motorcycle, whatever it is you are driving these days, enter the make a model into their search bar. And then it brings you up their entire catalog of everything they have available specifically for your auto part needs. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts that are available for your car or your truck. And then when you make your purchase at Rock Auto, make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you in their How Did You Hear About Us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Another weekend of football is nearly upon us, and now's probably a good time to head on over to Bet Online and check out all the latest odds and props for the Penn State Ohio State game this weekend, everything else going on around the Big Ten and the world of college football and the NFL. And yeah, basketball season is here as well, as well as hockey, and Bet Online's going to have you covered there as well. Bet Online covers all the sports out there, they've got the latest odds, the prop bets. You can also check out the futures if you want to have some fun with that. BetOnline has you covered. And if you head to BetOnline.ag right now and you sign up for your free account, when you make your initial deposit, make sure you use the promo code LOCKEDON and BetOnline is going to give you a 50% welcome bonus on top of your initial deposit. Folks, that is free money. If you listen to the Locked On Bets podcast, they'll tell you how to make those bets pay off for you in the long run. So head to BetOnline.ag right now, the fastest and easiest way to cash out on all of your bets in the world of sports and entertainment and of course 
make sure you use that promo code locked on. Get that 50% welcome bonus on top of that initial deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. I got another question for you. I don't know. I don't know how it became into like a question fest, but so be it. Yeah. I saw that last week that Illinois only had 38 passing yards in the game. Was that more Penn State defense or the poor quarterback play from Illinois' quarterbacks? Well, take a look at how many rushing yards Illinois had. That kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Illinois just gashed them on the ground. And I think uh, if you're Illinois, that's got to be your game plan. And what Penn State didn't do was stuff the box. I mean, you knew that Illinois wasn't going to beat you through the air. So allowing them to have as much control on the ground was really perplexing. And never making an adjustment there, I think, was a fatal flaw for Brent Pry and his defensive play calling. So I think Brent Pry is a good defensive coordinator, but that seems like a big missed opportunity when you know that Illinois was not going to beat you with their passing game. Uh, so that was that was a little concerning. And then again, you know, in fact, Penn State can't stop a good running team. Illinois, Brett Bielma, you got to give them credit, though. I mean, that, that was their game plan. They attacked it with ferocity, and, and it paid off for them. It did. It did. I I know one thing I'm looking forward to this weekend is a matchup, the secondary of Penn State against the passing attack of Ohio State. C.J. Stroud has played a whole lot better, utilizing numerous weapons. Jackson Smith and Jigba has been a guy that has been surprising a lot of people by his play this year. But you had Jeremy Ruckert last week who had two touchdowns out of the tight end position. I think he had five catches overall. You could get the running backs out of that and get them into the passing game as well. I think this little matchup, Ohio State's passing attack versus Penn State's secondary and pass defense is a matchup that not only you and I are going to be watching, Kevin, but so many people around the country are going to try to figure out, is this going to be C.J. Stroud's Heisman moment? Or will the Penn State defense do what nobody has done over the past few weeks, which is slow down C.J. Stroud? So... I think that they can slow him down a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think that there are enough big plays in that Ohio State offense that will still give you those Heisman kind mm-hmm. of moments. And I think that they could come in key opportunities. And if there's one thing that we have learned from Penn State, Ohio State games in recent years is there are going to be some big passing plays uh, for this Ohio State offense that are going to come back and make Penn State look silly. As good as this secondary is, I think this is a really good secondary. Jaquan Brisker, I think, is the real deal at safety. Tariq Castro Fields coming back for his final year at cornerback, what I think was a big plus. There are some playmakers on this uh, defensive secondary, and they're going to have some moments too. So define what slowing down C.J. Stroud is, though, because, I mean, are we expecting him to throw for 400 yards? I'm not, uh, but, I mean, if you can keep him... 200 or 250 i'll take that going into it and i think that that would still be in more than enough damage uh considering what i think ohio state will do on the ground so i i don't know uh can they slow them down based on what they've done in recent weeks probably uh but will that be enough will can they force a turnover would be another big key uh i, I would like to see penn state be able to do that but i, I i'm not so sure i see that coming you know i wonder how the running game of ohio state talk, speaking of turnovers with how Penn State got gashed last week by Illinois, I was still mind-blown that Illinois had all those rushing yards and still barely scored any points compared to how many yards they had on the ground. Very, very surprised by that. But I'm curious if Penn State's linebackers, linebackers specifically, will do what really nobody else will be able to do and cause a couple of turnovers, a couple of fumbles via the running game where Ohio State may get some momentum, running the ball with a couple of guys, all of a sudden a runoff tackle to the right, a fumble, 
turnover. Penn State gets the ball in plus territory. The next thing you know, they might they're walking down the field to score some points. I think that might be something very intriguing that I think Penn State might be looking at and saying, we know how good they are. We know what happened last week. But, Kevin, that might be the only way that they can slow down the rushing attack of Ohio State is forcing a couple of turnovers, and they may come in crucial moments. Turnovers have been huge in this series. You go back to, I think it was two years ago, the last time Penn State was out there. Ohio State was clearly a better team. Penn State was kind of a, a scrappy team, wasn't doing a whole much offensively. But the defense actually did force some turnovers, and all of a sudden it looked like that was going to be a game either going into the fourth quarter or early in the fourth quarter before, before Ohio State woke up a little bit and put that game away. Uh, so, yeah, turnovers would be huge if Penn State can force them and then just capitalizing on them is going to be the big thing. Let me go back one more thing about this Penn State defense, though. Uh, red zone defense, I think, will be huge for Penn State. They've been very good uh, in the red zone against our opponents this year. I mean, you, you don't play nine overtimes in this new format without being pretty good uh, with some goal line stands. I mean, th that was a big reason for it. And ask Wisconsin about Penn State's red zone defense. Ask Auburn about it. Uh, ask Iowa about it. So they're, they're a pretty good red zone defense. But on the flip side of that, they have to convert in the red zone too. They can't manage to work their way into the 20-yard line of Ohio State and leave with field goals. Not in this game. You know that That's just not going to cut it because you're going to have to score some points in this one. You will. And I know that Penn State has scored 44 points. That was the most points they scored this year. However, that was against a max school in Ball State, a different test this week. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I think Sean Clifford has a, a few tricks up his sleeve. Healthy, 100%, 80%, 55%, I don't care. I think he has a couple tricks up his sleeve that might be able to startle some people, and the fans in the shoe will be like, wait, is this guy going to pull off an upset? I think Ohio State wins, but I think Sean Clifford plays pretty decent for the injury that he suffered a few weeks ago. I would say that this is a good statement game opportunity for this program. Sean Clifford, James Franklin, Penn State as a whole, given everything that they've been through the last couple of games and losing to Illinois, going on the road, playing Ohio State does bring out the best of them. So I do think we see a better game from this Penn State team, especially if Sean Clifford is more open to doing some of the things he can do than, like I said earlier, I think Penn State's got a really good chance to be competitive, maybe make this a game in the second half. Uh, just do they have enough to slow down Ohio State enough? I'm not entirely sure about that. One guy I didn't even mention, Jahad Dotson. That, that's got to be the playmaker for Penn State, right? So, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, if, if we're talking about Sean Clifford, you got to talk about Jahad Dotson. He has to be the guy that's going to make some big plays for this Penn State offense. Feels like it's been a couple of quiet games for him, relatively speaking. Uh, if he can make some plays in this one, as he did last year, although the game was pretty much decided, he had he had back-to-back -back highlight plays. Uh, so if Penn State can get some more of those, that'd be pretty interesting as well. Jay, we have run to the end of our line here already. This, this flew by, as far as I'm concerned. You already said that you're picking Ohio State, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm picking Ohio State too, so no real drama here. Uh, but I guess uh, any closing thoughts on this game as we part ways and uh, get ready for the weekend of college football that will be? Halloween weekend, man. Anything can happen. That's true. I'm not saying that there's going to be a, a major upset, but it's possible. It's This defense is good, really, really good. And Ohio State has not seen a test like Penn State's defense all year. Sean Clifford's injury and his status – don't overlook it because you never know what guys may do. We've all seen athletes that have been hurt that make big plays, and when they're hurt, all of a sudden they're like, wait, he's not supposed to be on the field, and he just scored the, score, the game-winning touchdown. 
these are things that can happen. I know it's Halloween weekend. I mentioned that because I don't know, man. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I think Ohio State will cover the spread. I don't know how wide it is right now. But I would not be surprised if for some reason this is a 10 to 12 point game where Ohio State has to score late in the game to linked to get a two to go to get a two score lead because if one is Halloween weekend that defense is good and you just don't know what's going to happen when these two teams take the field. No, uh, I would like to think that this is going to be one of those games that goes down to the wire. It feels like it's been a few years since we've seen one of those actually. And games in Columbus have tended to be a little bit more wider margin of victory for Ohio State in more recent years. So I, I don't have a whole ton of confidence. I'm fully prepared for Penn State to come up short here, but I would like to see them play better. I mean, at this point, that's really all I'm looking for. Put out a respectable effort, especially after last week. And, and I think there's a very good chance that that could happen. Is that enough to beat Ohio State? I don't think so. Uh, as we've said, we're both on record picking Ohio State, and there's no real drama there. I've been picking Ohio State since before the season started, so I'm not backtracking anything just based on what happened last week. But I just want to see a respectable game. I want to see a game that keeps me interested into the fourth quarter. Uh, and if I get that, I'll be happy. But again, I think as far as Penn State's concerned, that ceiling is going to be 9-3. and three. So if they're going to take a loss this weekend, I guess I'll take that for the rest of the way, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. Jay? Always a pleasure working with you, talking with you, talking some college football, Big Ten, Ohio State with you. Uh, 4J of Locked on Buckeyes, I'm Kevin from Locked on Nittany Alliance. Thank you for making us your first listen on your favorite podcasting app today. And if you're looking for your second listen, I guess hop on over to Locked on Big Ten. I don't know who Nate's got on with him today, Jay. I know we're both at the beginning of the week, but Nate does a great job covering all things Big Ten. So, yeah, hop on over no to idea. Locked on Big Ten. Yeah, we, we're terrible, right? We, we should be more supportive <laughs> of our Big Ten brethren here on the Locked on Podcast Network. But, Jay, thank you so much for uh, teaming up with me today. It was a pleasure. Hopefully we'll do it again soon. 